I'm Jamie. And I'm Hannah. Welcome to Vegetation, Meditation in Community. We are children of immigrants and moms who have spent a lot of time feeling that we are neither aquí, neither allá, that we are not from here or there. We've lived the philosophies of our ancestors our whole lives, but we're only recently figuring out that we've been doing that. During the pandemic, we both were trying to include meditation in our everyday lives, but wanted a more rich experience that would keep us coming back to it. So we started doing it together and it felt so powerful and so accessible for us that we felt like everyone should have it. So now we manifest a world where we all feel empowered to reconnect with ourselves and the inheritance of wisdom, strength, and medicine passed to us by our ancestral web. We share our journey with the hope that others will be inspired to experience the healing alongside us. Let's build a more sustainable, regenerative path together. A path that lives on the breath of our everyday lives. Not something that has to be added in or fixed. Something that we just need to notice is already happening. Let's come back to our wholeness. Together. I felt that my self-worth was tied to me taking care of somebody else. And I was using their problems as a way to create worth for myself. You know, not realizing that, you know, and not realizing internally, right? <laughs> Having read it somewhere, but like self-worth is not a thing. Everybody has worth, period. It's like love, it simply exists. It's not like we need to earn it, it's there. Welcome back to part two of the Love Beyond the Romantic Vegetation series, Authenticity and the Discovery of Self. In episode one, we explored the connections between our own self-love and the intimacy in our relationships, and why we may not be experiencing the deep friendships we long for. In this episode, we go deeper into what it feels and looks like to be a caregiver instead of a caretaker in relationships. For us, caregiving includes ensuring that we are whole, centered, and energized, and then helping others from a place of self-love and cup overflow. And caretaking is when we try to share energy from a deficit, which often ends up serving our own ego instead of the person we want to help. Our past selves also inspire us to believe that we do not need to prove our worthiness or suffer through pain in order to form strong bonds or cultivate intimacy with others and ourselves. It can be easeful. They remind us that we have tools at our disposal to help us honor our authentic selves and that we can get better at recognizing needs and desires we've given up on. This acceptance and rebalance of the self allows us to show up more fully and be ready to receive and give love. And with that, let's dive in. Um, yesterday, I um, was trying to update my old phone that we use for Ale's music and stuff in her room. Mm -hmm. And I found uh, I found two. I found two pictures. One was a picture of um, of Baby G when she was born that you sent, oh. 
and it was when uh, she was laying down. She had her baby hat on, big orange bow, and that she had. Um, you put the bracelet that we had made you on her. Yes. Oh. Oh my goodness, tears. That um, that bracelet that you all made for me. It's on the altar. It lives on the altar with um, with Durga, with the mother. Hi. My eyes are wet right now. <laughs> I just want to explain that bracelet. When I was pregnant with my second baby, I was going through a very, very hard time, a very tough and scary pregnancy, um, and a really traumatic experience with the care that I was receiving from my obstetrician. And, um, and I lived really far away from my peoples, from all of my peoples. Like I live somewhere where I am at least a two hour drive from any of my peoples. And then my girls came together from, I mean, miles and miles and miles away to throw me a baby sprinkle, a mama warming is what I called it. And, um, and one of the activities that was led by one of our wonderful friends was she brought all these beautiful stones and jewelry making materials and everybody came together and selected stones and created a bracelet for me a token, it's more than a bracelet, it's a token for me to take with me, to keep with me as, um, as a connection to all of this love and magic and power and strength that's here for me. And I brought it with me to the hospital and it was with me the whole time. And, and yeah, I, and this was the time before I was, you know, before I felt like I was allowed to just create my own goddamn rituals and make them magic and make them powerful. But, you know, just being in that hospital room all by myself with this new baby in this scary place with scary people around me, I took this bracelet and I laid it on my baby's belly. And we just sat with it and I let her soak it in. And I let myself soak it in. I take a picture and I send it, sent it to my to my family, my chosen family. The possibilities of accessing just deep love and intimacy and just relationship is so present the potential for it is so present but the barriers between us and accessing that potential are strong yeah even the barrier between us and knowing that it's possible that it happens that it's not just in literature or in movies you know, and that it doesn't have to come through great tragedy. It's not something that has to be earned. That idea, that Western capitalist, like colonial concept, 
It has to be earned through pain, through suffering. That's some bullshit. I mean, you might have to get up at five in the morning, though. (laughs) (laughs) It's a different kind of suffering. Oh, man. Next thing that I want to, like, learn or, like, let myself accept for when I'm looking at my belief systems is that I want to change that view. Like, it doesn't have to be hard. You don't have to suffer for it. You're not here to, like, yeah, you're not here to prove you're worthy. That's, yeah, it's not about that. Yeah. It's not about that at all. And I feel that that's one of the things that human design helps us believe, right? You don't have to suffer, but you have to look for your invitations, right? If you're a projector. And for me, I don't have to suffer and try to like make a square peg fit into a round hole. I just need to listen to my gut. Is my gut telling me yes or no? Because now that I am listening, well, and I've been listening through my whole life. Like my, a lot of my biggest decisions have come from my gut. And I've always felt like, yeah, that was exactly what I needed in that moment when I look back. And it's easeful, right? It's not easy, but it is easeful, you know? It feels like, yes, here it is. I'm doing this. Oh, and now this thing is coming. Yep. I was hoping to get that. Oh, and now this thing's coming. Yeah, I needed that, you know? We can do things with ease. The idea that the no pain, no gain idea, that's not any of our culture. Our ancestors watched plants do their thing forever and ever without any no pain, no gain mentality. They didn't have to suffer. They soak in the water, they soak in the light. They do, they live their lives and they die, create new life. Yeah, I've been thinking about, um, I can't remember their name right now, but the monk in Japan, who's also like a makeup guru and beautiful human beings. And like finding that balance and acceptance of yourself within this machine yeah. Does that make sense? And then also yes. on this like other level, this mm-hmm. other plane that you can go deeper in and accepting yeah. all of those sides of you. Because I, I, I think that's like in the last couple of days, I've been really thinking about that. And I'm like, but I really love makeup. Like I love fashion. Like I love all of these things. How do I continue to find myself in those things and enjoy them? And allow myself room for guidance in that way. Yeah. And still be present for moments like this or like the deeper things, right? And how do I not feel guilt for it? Right. Yeah. I mean, adornment has been part of our cultures since time immemorial too, right? It just depends on where it's coming from, you know? Yeah. Are we doing it to cover up? Are we doing it to hide ourselves? Or are we doing it as an exposure of the self? Yeah. I mean, it makes me think about um, trans folks who are so courageously and boldly themselves at risk of, you know, at, at all kinds of risk for themselves, 
and for their loved ones. The need to be ourselves is, it's strong and it's necessary. It's part of just establishing the self as an individual and making it clear to the world that I am me, no matter how you feel about it. I mean, I think about, I was thinking, I'm like, this, it came, the, I'm talking about trans people because immediately the picture of Alok, one of the pictures of Alok Benan came to my mind of how powerfully they are themselves at the risk of all of the anger and um, aggression that they experience just for walking down the street wearing what they love. And being who they are. Right. Authentically who they are. Right, right. It's it's part of authenticity. Some people don't like to wear makeup. Yeah. Some people don't want to. And that's they have to be authentically that person. Other people love makeup. Other people want to get you know microbladed eyebrows. You know, and that's authentically who they are, or who they know themselves to be too. Right. At some point we may get older and be like, you know what? That's not what I want. And then we may get even older and be like, I'm going back to that. I want that again. <laughs> we can change our minds. That's a whole lot of reparenting too. Mm. Just let yourself evolve and grow into whomever we are or want to be. I think it's another form of self-love. Oh, uh, I just want to stop for a moment. Ah, this was, we recorded this two days ago. It's been 11 days. 11 days. Yeah. One of the big things as we're talking about authenticity and having courage to be who you are and living your truth. One of the things that I'm experiencing today is a realization that as we are in this new year, I don't fully know what I want or mm-hmm. who I am right now. And I have found myself in moments of my life where it's like that. And I think earlier in the podcast, we were talking about that too, of that I've needed friends to call me out on when I'm not being authentic right. and really thinking about how do I get back to that core of what do I want? When we're talking about everybody, you know, I see posts about manifest your your year or what do you want to bring? What what visions do you want to bring to life? I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time figuring that out. And I think listening to our past selves is reminding me of just approaching this as authentically and as real as possible. And if that means not knowing right now, and just trying things on or going back to gut, listening to myself, how do I shut out other parts of the world and just really go back in, inward and to myself to really find out where, where, do, where do I start? If I've been so disconnected from myself, how, how do I get back? Yes, I hear that. And I remember that you told me that your type your projector, right? I am. Yeah, and projectors um, 
projectors work well with invitations, but it's making me think about the invitations that you received this morning in our vegetation. Mm. You know what I mean? Sneak preview of potential future vegetation episode. <laughs> um, but I mean, you received some clear invitations this morning, right? I did. I did. Do you want to share them? Well, it was definitely on how to build some bubble energy before going into a hard day of work and had some very clear messages on consuming honey and aloe juice, mm -hmm. which was very strange to me, and wearing gold for protection and having some very strong messages from my ancestors and a dear friend who passed away several years ago now so yeah um those messages can come you know your invitations projectors everywhere your invitations can come from all kinds of places and this morning when I was making breakfast for some reason <laughs> I don't know where these things come from it probably came from baby Jane um <laughs> I had this thought of what does it feel like when ancestral wisdom arrives? What does it feel like, you know, when wisdom just kind of magically appears? What are the ways that it happens, right? And I feel like what you received this morning in vegetation was like, I mean, sometimes it's so clear when you're, when you're in a place where you listen for something like that, you know? But other ways that it came up for me was, you know, when you're just in the middle of doing something like I was making breakfast and suddenly it was like, hey, stop and think or don't stop. Just keep going <laughs> because you don't want the root to burn. But what are the ways that it shows up for you? And so then I was making a voice note like it, sometimes it shows up as just a random thought that appears in my head, just like this thought of write down some of the ways that this comes to you. Sometimes it appears in a dream. Sometimes it appears from the mouth of someone else. Like the babies will say something that's like, why are you Yoda right now? What's happening? You know, <laughs> how are you yeah. telling my whole life in like seven specific words right now? You know, yeah. um, but um, sometimes it's in pain. Where is the pain in your body? And what is it trying to tell you? You know, like for me, you know, in therapy, I had discovered that baby Jamie lives in my right shoulder. It's the side of my back that because of my scoliosis, it kind of slumps forward and it gives me a lot of pain. And I know now that's where baby Jamie lives and teenage Jamie lives in my hips and the imbalances that arise there, you know. I, when I go back and, you know, sort of sit with my teenage self and work through some of the stuff that, you know, I've, I've been through as a teenager and be my best friend or my parent in those moments, magically, some of my pain goes away, you know, I come back into balance, you know. So I feel like there are many ways to receive invitations. Definitely, and especially invitations to come back to the self. Yes. So thank you for those reminders. And I'm looking at my planner right now with my messages 
earlier today. So thank you. Yes, yes. Thank you for sharing. And thank you, Caitlin, for coming in so clearly. I don't think we have to bleep her name. (laughs) I don't think so. And all love starts with self-love. All the love that we can share starts with loving the self. This is what is meant by having to fill your cup to overflow and then only sharing from the overflow, not filling your cup and then sharing from your cup. Filling your cup with love for yourself. And then what overflows is what you have to share with others. Yeah. Not like you have to share it, but like it's what's available to share. Because if I'm sharing from my <clears throat> cup, that's not overflow. If I'm sharing from the cup, that's when I'm caretaking instead of caregiving. One of the things, too, that I've been realizing over the last couple of days is that, you know how you're talking about, like, a doorman, like, is it about exposing yourself or hiding yourself? Mm. A lot of the hiding that I'm doing or a lot of that energy that I have is not about me. Mm. And um, I think it it comes from my mom. And it's something Mm. that I, like, some of that energy that I absorbed. And that I've been carrying around as much. It's not mine. Yeah. It's a lot of fear. It's a lot of um, um, an acceptance of herself and feeling unworthy. But it's not. And I carried it around as mine. Yeah. That discomfort that she has with her body. um, That she has with herself being in this world, in that body. um, It's not mine. Yeah. Like everything, there's a spectrum, you know. I acknowledge also that, you know, we just talked the other day about how when I work in the corporate world, some of my adornment is armor. I'm yeah. trying to protect myself yeah. with what I wear, you know. And and so so there's there's so many there's so many aspects to it. And I don't think like we don't have to feel like we're wrong about any of the choices that we make about it. You know what I mean? I just want to add, I don't think I explained myself well here. Um, I was mentioning the armor, which, you know, for me, you know, when, when I was going into work and I knew that I was going to be dealing with a situation that was going to be uncomfortable, maybe the balance of power was not, um, was not in my favor, you know, or the balance of moods and emotions and personalities in that room were kind of stacked against me. Um, I would put on my armor. There were like certain kinds of clothes that I would wear or makeup that I would wear or the way that I would do my hair, or the jewelry that I would wear. I put it on as protection, as armor. And I brought this up because we were talking about authenticity. And, you know, for me, it was, I could, I could see it feeling like 
like inauthentic to cover the self in those ways, you know, to arm yourself when you don't know what's going to happen, you know, you don't know what people's moods are going to be and all that sort of thing, blah, blah. Um, but for me, I think it was authentic for me to do that because it was based on my knowledge of the situation. It was based on my experiences that I've had in my life with the intersections that exist in who I am and the way the world perceives me. So, so yeah, for me, it still seems to me that that was still authentic and I welcome discourse on it as well. We don't have to feel like we're wrong about any of the choices that we make about it. You know what I mean? But, um, but yeah, when you're just like, you know, when you're just trying to experiment with who the self is, that's also important. last vegetation of the year oh my god it's december 31st that's right that's right this year we had vegetation on christmas eve and on new year's eve yeah what's something you're you're leaving behind this year oh gosh what i'd like to try to leave behind is the idea that I can't rest when I need it. I think that's my work of this next year. Spoiler alert, it's not going well. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not resting. (laughs) Just thought I'd confess. Man, I am trying. I am really pushing myself to rest and to go at a very different pace. Or, you know what? I am trying to set my own pace and not feel like I have to match everybody else's around. And thinking about setting boundaries. And it's hard because in, in my other kind of day job life, Part of my part of my existence in life, it's a very fast pace. There's a lot, there are lots of deliverables, there's lots of deep expectations that I set for myself and for others. And yesterday I was like, I'm gonna lay down for a minute. I'm gonna put my feet up. Hey. And it was what five minutes, but it almost felt as if it was an act of resistance. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking when you said that. (laughs) Or I need to close my eyes and meditate before my kid gets home from from preschool. Mm -hmm. And if that means I need to turn off my computer at 4.30 or 4.45 on this particular day, then that's just what I need to do so that I make sure that I can make it through the rest of the night. Through dinner, through bath, through bath time, through my own time, all of that stuff and but it it still feels even as I'm talking to it it feels like resistance it feels like an act of resistance or I'm fighting against something yeah and at the same time it feels good taking on taking some ownership whether it's like yeah. a baby step but who knows right. how I'll show up tomorrow 
who knows if I'll still feel that courage to do those things for myself tomorrow. Yeah. I feel you. I feel like we also need to give ourselves permission to not do it every time. Yeah. It's hard work. And right now, like, I just have too much shit to do to be truly resting. Yeah, getting to a place where we just continue to say, I, well, I tell myself, this is temporary. Just get through the next week, get through the next two weeks. But this is life. I don't think it's going to, we've talked about this before in our vegetation. Yeah. Nothing is slowing down. It's not like we're going to get to a place where everything is perfect and we can manage our schedule and life just opens up for us and says, I'm going to, you can do this with ease. <laughs> yeah, bitch, maybe when you retire. <laughs> and how do we continue to remind ourselves that there is enough time to do what's important yeah. and to rest? We don't need to do it for an hour. What can we do in five minutes? can I do in 15 minutes? What can I do if I have time to walk around the block? Go walk around the block. What about you? What are you leaving behind? Self-doubt or always self-doubt always questioning myself. Like I just need to just listen to myself. And I think that also includes a lot of that rest part. Mm. of like just fucking stop when I'm getting antsy and weird and there's certain things that I know that I do and like it's time to take a break or just give into what I know I want rather than what I think everybody else wants I think it takes courage to do both of these things it takes a lot of courage to listen to the self and it takes a lot of courage to take rest. And I think that once I start taking rest, I'll be able to feel my pain more before it gets really bad. What do you think will happen if you start listening more to yourself? It's not going to be as hard. Mm -hmm. and, you know, it'll start to feel, or what I'm hoping for is that it'll, allow me to just feel more curious mm. and playful um, and not and and things will I will find myself in, in like a more um, I'll be able to move with ease because mm. I'm not constantly fighting against waves I'm not fighting against the barriers like I'm just not giving up, but it's like recognizing, like, why am I fighting? Right. Why am I constantly fighting this? Right. Because I'm trying to be um, superhuman because mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm like trying to make myself be something else that I'm not. Like, this is all part of my experience. This is all, like, who else to validate? Who else? No one else is going to validate this for me. No one else is going to say, rest, Jamie. Right. No one else is going to say, sit your ass on the fucking couch and do nothing. Yeah. Do nothing. 
these messages of like production and business. They're so ingrained in us. Mm -hmm. It feels like if we stop moving, we're not going to earn our keep in this world. And we're going to be left behind. Our families will suffer because we are lazy, because we are not hard enough. Yeah. We're not worthy. We're not worthy of our family's love. We're not worthy of the things that we need to survive. Food, shelter, clothes, adornment. We're not worthy of adornment. Isn't that the first thing to go? And when we know that when we take those moments of pause, of rest, those are the times that we can reflect on how grateful we are for what we have. And that we can become more present and centered, better parents, better people for ourselves. Yeah. And just better contributors or better stewards here. Yeah. Nothing has fallen. My house is dirty. I haven't like done hardly. I mean, we did some cleaning because I was sick, right? You don't want to. Mm contaminate surface like the like the biggest contribution that I've made these days are like a colored eyelids cardboard playhouse. That's kind of contribution. I wanted to stop our conversation. It's so interesting listening to us and I'm sending my past self, lots of love because I sound really sick. My words are cutting out uh, all of the things. And listening to us just talk about or reflecting on my kind of goal for, for the year of not doubting myself or just listening. I think about how so many times it's almost as if we need to show up in a performative manner or we think we need to perform for others and that we can't just show up as our authentic selves and everything becomes performative sometimes you know when we are dealing with whatever shit we have in our heads and we think oh I need to show up as the perfect mom right now and I don't want my kids to see me in this way and then it becomes a performance of Hannah as the perfect mom even though inside I'm having all this really weird dialogue in my head or I don't want to seem like a failure from in front of my boss or my colleague and so here comes Hannah playing the role of the perfect colleague even though (laughs) she is dealing with a bunch of shit in her head and and it's that way of how do you manage being authentic to your feelings and where you're at Mm-hmm. And also, and, and whatever that, whatever your best is in that moment, without feeling that you have to put on this front or show up as more than what you can give. Yes. And I'm just, and I'm, and I'm exploring that. And, and it's been two, about two weeks that we've been into this new year. And it's something that I'm hearing throughout the time of like, am I too tired to, to keep going? Should I just 
stop and pause? Why do I feel like I need to hurry right now? And I'm finding myself actually in that curiosity space that I mentioned. And it's interesting. That's all. Just wanted to, to call it out and just really realizing that, yes, we have these roles to play and we have to transition all the time. But how do we not make that performance? I'm probably not even using the right word, but that's what I'm thinking about right now. Oh, yeah, I get it. I get it. I think that is the right word, you know, or at least a right word for it. And, um, and yeah, and I just want to acknowledge that you're doing the work, you know, like, I think that you can, I think that if you think about it, you'll be able to see your progress already from December 31st to January 16th, you know, it's what, two weeks and some change? That's growth. Even what might seem to us like a little bit of growth, it's really important. Thank you. <laughs> Shall we get, get back into it? Sounds good. We deserve to pay attention and honor our desires. Desires that we have for our families, mm -hmm. for the friendships that we love, for the people that we love, and ultimately for ourselves. Yes. Yes. And it's not something that has to be earned. Everybody has this right. Everybody has the space. Let's sit into that space. What discoveries are made when we take time to sit and ask ourselves, what do I truly want? We found that this question can shake out and expose some of our biggest fears. That if we rest or are not productive enough, we may not be worthy of the things we need to survive or that we will let down those who we love. When we call out what we fear and make room to listen to the self, we begin disarming fear and we make room to live in our truth, allowing the possibility to live and love authentically. Living your truth doesn't mean you always know exactly where you're headed or what you want to manifest. It can look like pausing when you're tired or acknowledging your own desires. And let's face it, in the reality in which we live, pausing to connect with the self is a courageous act of resistance. Next week's episode will be different from the first two episodes of our podcast. We will be sharing the actual meditation from our vegetation session on New Year's Eve, the session that these four episodes are based on. We invite you to use this in your own vegetation or use a meditation of your own choosing. The following week, we will close out our Love Beyond the Romantic series by sharing our post-meditation reflections. We hope you're enjoying the Vegetation Podcast, and you can check out this episode's resources and links in the podcast description. Before we close the space together, 
We want to remind you that we'd love to remain in community with you here and in the digital village. Whether that's through following this podcast or joining our email list at theravadayoga.com. And if you'd like to practice vegetation with Jamie, that's me, head over to the website to book a private session with me or bring a close friend along who you'd like to develop your practice with. We also want to thank you for listening to us. As performers, we know firsthand what a gift it is to have an attentive audience. Thank you for being part of this movement to create connection to each other through connection with ourselves. And thank you for taking a moment to be self-centered with us. All right, let's take a moment to close the space together. If you're driving, please stay in your thinking brain rather than moving into more focus on our words right now. So let's start by letting go of the concepts of time and space as we have been taught in school and allow ourselves the possibility of being energetically linked in this moment to us and the whole vegetation community. We invite you to breathe with us, inhaling the harvest, gathering up what you'd like to take with you from this space. On our exhales, releasing what's ready to be composted, what doesn't serve you, letting it be recycled into the energies of the universe. Now on our inhales, inviting gratitude for the hands and hearts, including your own, that allowed you to have this moment with yourself. And on our exhales, releasing any judgment or anxiety around creating this space for yourself. On your next inhale, we offer our gratitude for sharing space, time, and attention. And exhaling as slowly as you desire, witnessing your own magic in action, slowing your heart rate and soothing your nervous system, tethering yourself to this place within you as we make our way back to the bustle of life. Now one more breath together in your own time as you connect with your own intention as we close the space together, releasing it on our next exhale with a snap if you wish. Looking forward to bending space and time with you again. Take care.